Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We've got our take cannons loaded and ready. ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short the routes. boys are back, back. Excellent separation against man coverage. Reception, Reception, the show. Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Coe, Matt Harmon here with you. It's Reception, Perception, the show. Matt, my guy, how are you feeling, my guy? What's going on? Oh, well, James, I feel great. I've had a few, um, like, the honey green tea things or uh, whatever that, that everybody says you got to drink when you're doing a lot okay. of talking. Uh, so I'm, I'm feeling good today. I got a lot of stuff done, man. I mean, we got a lot of stuff to talk about on the show today. Rest of season rankings are officially live on the site. So oh, that's yeah. awesome. I've already got people chirping at me saying, hey, you, you need to bump Curtis Samuel up, which means that we've cultivated the right audience. Number one. Number two. Uh, it's just it's been good to see folks uh, excited about the, the, some of the changes that have gone on. And our, our guy, Zach Miller, and I will have a lot of uh, new in-season charting. Uh, that oh we're going to talk about on the on the show, but we've got a pretty cool feature coming out that is going to help <laughs> folks um, kind of keep track of all this work that I'm doing in season. But yeah, man, got to dive into a bunch of players on film today, and I'm excited to talk about it. Holy hell, get excited. Get ramped up, baby. This is what I'm talking about. Hey, speaking of new features, we talk about this brand new column, weekly column from our, our pal Alex Gellhart, man. Like, yeah, yo, bro. This is mind blowing, man. Like, we are slowly but surely getting the stronghold back together. The stronghold never dies, Matt. It never That's dies. Right. <laughs> That's right, dude. I mean, uh, we might have to, I don't know, quadruple 20x our earnings on the site <laughs> to be able to afford Marcus Grant, but, um, you know, because he's a, he's a multi billion dollar uh, television personality at this point. No so, We'll, we'll need to do a lot of making up to, to be able to bring Marcus Grant back in. But, uh, you know, slowly but surely, like you said, yeah, it's awesome. Gellar's piece, if folks haven't gone and checked it out yet, 100% awesome. go read it. It's really good. I was like, wow, this guy, uh, this guy just he is um, I think he compared himself to Gronk in the intro. He is like Gronk just coming back off of like no training camp. You know, Nothing. I've been retired for a year. He just comes <laughs> back and he's catching touchdowns up the freaking seam, man. I mean, no, but no, but really though, it's not. It's not like we're just gassing up Gelhart. Like for yeah. real, it's like I, I read this guy's piece and I'm like, you son of a bitch! Like what the hell? He just comes in, 
and just lays down the law, man. Like he's so good. It's literally. unbelievable for, for reals. Like it's, it's great, man. Like, uh, yeah, literally. Um, uh, but yeah, no, like you, you need to go check out the piece, uh, on receptionperception.com. Um, it's great. It, it is so great. It's the, uh, reception perception notebook. And it's basically, you know, like, look, he takes a little temperature check on a lot of different situations. Um, kind of mixes in a lot of RP data. Uh, you guys, maybe, you know, us from the, the old NFL fantasy live podcast. Um, and that's where we kind of sort of built our, built our stones, you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. uh, it was great. And at some point he will, uh, be joining us on this podcast as well. But again, my dude's out there, <laughs> he's a full-time lawyer, people like this was yeah. crazy. My dude's a full-time lawyer. It's not like me and Matt, we're just putzing around, you know, talking fantasy football, like a bunch of goons, like <laughs> this dude's out here literally impacting lives for reals. Um, so no, yeah. when he has the time, he will jump on the podcast. Uh, for sure. But I want to highlight some of the stuff uh, that was in the article and in particular New Orleans and talked about the Saints. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought the, the, the whole idea of Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas, I thought that'd be fun uh, to chop it up with you, Matt. And I wanted to start with Jarvis Landry because his usage is, is really interesting to me. Now, again, we're talking about a player who's you know getting a little longer in the tooth, been in, been in this league a long time. Okay, and had a great week one. Nine targets, seven receptions, 114 yards. He led the team in all those categories. Okay, Matt, he's playing out of the slot. Fine, that makes a lot of sense, right? But Jarvis Landry led the team in air yards. He averaged 13 air yards per target thereabouts. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. That is mind blowing to me. Who is this guy? I know, yeah. I, I think this was one of the more surprising results from week one, and and maybe it shouldn't have been surprising because. This has been one of the steady drumbeats out of Saints camp all offseason that this is going to be a wide receiver heavy offense. Like, remember, James, last year they were running out. We, we just clowned on Dallas last week for, <laughs> for or the last episode for some of the guys that they're running out there. The Saints are running out a, a rough wide receiver core last year. You know, folks were drafting Marquez Callaway in like the ninth round of fantasy drafts here. Like that that's a thing that happened last year because yes, was. Yes, he was, was the number one guy on a disgusting depth chart right and now he's like <laughs> barely playing you know Marquez Callaway because they've got Michael Thomas back they got Jarvis Landry back in the fold and, and Chris Olave they drafted in the first round and Jarvis Landry is interesting because you mentioned it like he's catching downfield passes I think the note from Gelhar's uh, article was that three of Landry's receptions came on 15 plus yards downfield um, he also noted that you know he's still got contested catch chops for sure and I guess we probably shouldn't have been surprised by Jarvis Landry's big time involvement because Michael Thomas was indeed on a pitch count. Um, I think he only played on 37 snaps, which was below 70% of the team snaps overall. So that, and we can talk about Michael Thomas because he's going to be one of the first guys uh, featured for in season charting. Uh, when Ooh. again, when this is probably up, uh, pro- it, hopefully it'll be up by the time people are listening to this podcast. But yeah, Landry was really interesting. But uh, my big takeaway from from seeing Landry out there, not not only will I, I think he has you know, some like he should be rostered in fantasy leagues for sure. But I just also think that this Saints offense, man, like with Jameis, they're going to they're going to fling that thing downfield, even to guys that we don't normally associate as downfield players. It's really interesting to me because just for the longest time, the Saints always had kind of sort of they just got by at wide receiver. You know, they would find guys like Michael Thomas, I I think, you know, certainly exceeded expectations, um, but they just found, and they just got around it, you know, and they were just hoping that Sean Payton and Drew Brees could just make it work. And I'd say for a long time, that's exactly what they did. But this trio of wide receivers, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, and now Chris Olave, it is probably the most talented wide receiver group that they've had 
Golly, I don't know. In at least, I mean, certainly in, oh, in at least yeah. 10 years, maybe yeah. 20 years. You know what I mean? It, yeah. This is a good group. It's a really good group. And and your point is well taken because not only was obviously last year's depth chart, depth, depth chart disgusting, um, you know, pretty much since they've they traded Brandon Cooks away and like anointed Michael Thomas as their number one receiver. They've kind of let that uh, that second receiver spot, the third receiver spot, just sort of twist in the wind there. Um, the year that Michael Thomas broke the NFL record in catches, the second and third most targeted players on that team were Alvin Kamara at running back and Jared Cook at tight end. And like the rest of the wide receivers, you know, wasn't even close. I mean, hey, I, I will say shout out to my guy Willie Sneed. He had some moments there uh, for there a minute, but he was a he was a UDFA, right? So like they right. they haven't invested priority resources in this position for a long, long time outside of Michael Thomas as a second round pick. And now this year, like you got to remember too, they traded a ton to get Chris Olave, like a, a ton, a ton of draft picks to get up there to the eleventh overall pick, and. You know, I'm really high on Chris Olave, but I think that Jarvis Landry is going to sort of be a guy that holds down an important role for this team going forward. And I don't know, you squint at the Saints offense, man, and like it does look kind of good. It does look kind of good. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It does. Okay, so do you buy it, though, as a as a long-term, like, okay, this is how they're going to use Jarvis Landry? Or was this more a byproduct of, okay, Michael Thomas is on a snap count, um, you know, they, they got to figure out where they're going to get uh, some of these downfield targets, and week one it just happened to be... Uh, Jarvis Landry, because again, remember, you profiled Olave as a legitimate downfield threat, and I would totally agree with that. So maybe does Jarvis kind of sort of see that, you know, downfield work kind of be reduced as the season wears on? Yeah, like I'll take um, I'll take the under on his a dot, you know, going forward, like uh, from from what we saw in week one, I think he'll come in south of that. But this is just, again, the point is Jameis Winston's going to throw downfield to everybody and they're going to run these guys on more downfield routes. And if we can actually just transition to Michael Thomas, I thought this was the most interesting note from his week one game when I went back and charted it for reception perception. We know Michael Thomas's nickname, slant boy, you know, the layup routes, all that type of stuff. In week one, just 16.2% of his routes were a slant or a curl. Like wow. they had this guy working downfield on limited snaps, like I mentioned. So, I mean, we're talking like deep dig routes. We're talking deep out routes. Um, I, I would say for, for this tracker that we're putting on the site for in-season charting there's going to be a column where it's like rp metrics relative to expectation uh for these smaller sample type stuff um i'm gonna i put thomas as slightly below expectation which isn't surprising you know considering he's he's coming back from a major injury he's coming back from an injury uh in uh in 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 the preseason the hamstring deal but yeah, he looked pretty good in tight coverage. Uh, I, I would just say that we need to see some more explosiveness in his route running that we're kind of used to seeing. But um, yeah, I, I, even Michael Thomas, though, like I'm saying, you know, Michael Thomas is a guy that we associate as a, a short area route runner, that type of stuff. He's not running those like short area routes anymore. He's actually getting down the field. And, and same with Jarvis Landry, obviously, too. Michael Thomas, eight targets, five catches, 57 yards, and two touchdowns, big time splash plays uh, for him. So I, I guess, and you take a look at the depth, it's uh, what is it, 11 air yards per target. That's really good 88 total air yards again on those eight targets that is 
that's pretty nice. <laughs> that is really interesting. Um, yeah, so there's a couple I, of like red zone end zone targets too, right? So like that, exactly. you've got a couple of short area looks where that's going to bring down the average depth of target, the area and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, it, he's, I, he's, he's really working the full field. That's for sure. That's one of my big takeaways from week one with Landry and Thomas is that in this Jameis Winston offense, man, they're going to be flinging the football downfield, which, you know, I'm not expecting Alvin Kamara to catch 80 passes again. And and the team said that in the offseason, like we think those days are kind of done. And like, yeah, you don't throw a hundred balls at your running back when you've got Michael Thomas, Chris Olave and Jarvis Landry. It's very interesting. Okay, so um, for our YouTube folks, you see it on the screen. This is the 2020 profile of Michael Thomas. Uh, can you kind of sort of break this down? And really, Matt, I think I, I'd like you to focus kind of, well, first of all, there's green everywhere as we see, but <laughs> yeah, focus yeah, yeah. On, on the on the more downfield stuff because, again, the narrative on Michael Thomas is that he cannot win downfield. He can't win on you know anything other than just these uh, on these underneath routes and and i think you and i have discussed hey listen that's where he won because that is where drew Brees was really comfortable throwing him the football but from your charting process it seems as if michael thomas can actually win downfield and Jameis winston obviously uh the type of quarterback that loves to go downfield oh yeah man i mean obviously we see the success all over the route tree if you're looking at it and obviously you can go pull it up on the website as well from 2020 and, and remember 2020 was the year he was kind of in and out with that injury with that ankle injury that eventually took like a year off his entire a year plus off of his career right but the, yeah the two routes that really stand out to me that not only did he run at a rate above the league average but also posted a above league average success rate in addition to the slant is the dig and the out route like those intermediate routes and he just that that was still the most impressive route um the dig route from his week one sample as well like he can get open on those patterns and he can make like 12 13 yard catches and then it really just becomes like how explosive is he after the catch at this point in his career that that i'm not so sure about but um yeah man he can he can win all over the all over the field and like I, again, he's a tough guy. I, I moved him up, I think, four spots in the wide receiver uh, rest of the season rankings to about wide receiver 28. Okay. I'm not 100% sure how high I want to get on Michael Thomas. Also, yeah. you know, once once you start to get around wide receiver 28, then we're in the, you know, the Gabe Davis, uh, we're in the we're in the Rashad Bateman territory, and like I still yeah. kind of want to be higher on those younger guys who are ascending in really good offenses. But shoot, man, I mean, I'm kind of feeling the vibe on the New Orleans Saints offense right now. Um, and, and they're a pretty good team overall, right? We know that. So, yeah. I mean, J Jameis is always going to be a weird guy, you know, a weird quarterback <laughs> to kind of – I've never been like the sure. biggest Jameis Winston fan as a player, but no. I do think this is, um, this is a really, really talented receiver group. I want to keep coming back to that. Like at some point, like if they go out in week two and um, Chris Olave uh, has the big game, I wouldn't be surprised uh, by that either because one thing we saw – in the first game against the the Cowboys, obviously with the, with the Bucks defense, who the Saints are playing in week two, they really squeezed the life out of the Cowboys in the short and intermediate areas. But what did we talk about with the Cowboys on the last episode? They're trying to work downfield with goofballs like Dennis Houston and uh, Semi who, who, who the hell? Um, Semi, <laughs> who the hell is that guy? Uh, and, and so now we're looking at like Chris Olave running the downfield routes. Man, they're going to yeah. have to actually respect that stuff. So I wouldn't, but yeah, this receiver trio. It's. I think a lot of different guys are going to be popping off, and and I'm really going to keep tracking Michael Thomas over the next few weeks to see if he starts to round back into his usual success rate for his coverage. Isn't Olave such an interesting guy too? Because he's a rookie wide receiver, and we know what he he can do downfield, and and yet rookie wide receivers 
it does take them generally, even even nowadays, it takes them a little bit of time to get acclimated. Golly, I wonder what this offense is going to look like in week seven, week eight, when Olave is acclimated uh, to the offense and the NFL speed. And then all of a sudden, it's like Michael Thomas is healthier, hopefully, right? Jarvis Landry is playing at, at full speed and Chris Olave then playing at full speed. We haven't even talked about, or at least not really, um, the, the injury to Alvin Kamara, you know, so and how much that yeah. limited him, right? So like, Man, this is an offense that I thought looked pretty good in week one. And then when I kind of project down down the road, boy, this could be a really good offense. This could be a really, really good offense. Um, and, and I'm interested to see what it, it kind of develops into. And, I, and again, I'm just interested to see what does Chris Olave look like? Five weeks, six weeks from now, dude. You you see that route he had on the on the two point conversion, like that in tight spaces in the in the red zone where he he hauled in that two point conversion. Chris Olave, that guy yeah. can. I mean, that was like sometimes you know we talk about it with George Pickens, I think, on the show where he you know mauled that one, like just knocked over the one guy's run blockers. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's the exact same stuff he did at Georgia. Like that's that's Georgia George Pickens. <laughs> <laughs> on on the NFL field and yep. Chris Olave running that little bla- like quick out route on in the red zone to get the two point conversion. I was like, that's Ohio State Chris Olave. That is that's the same player. So Love it's it. cool when you see guys translate like that. Last point on the Saints here, James. Yeah, you didn't even you didn't even mention big X what? factor Tays- Taysom Hill. Oh yeah, hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's still thing, yeah, man. Yeah. He's still I know thing. He's, he's like listed as a tight end on the depth chart. He's listed as a tight end in in fantasy. Juwan Johnson. Yeah. He played a ton, and I, I think ton. he's a guy yeah. worth, worth monitoring too. If this offense is really going to pop, but yeah, J- Taysom's just like a gadget player. But everybody hates Taysom Hill, but he is going to add some big plays every now and again. Um, I don't, I don't know. This is totally fantasy football related, but it's like I'm advocating folks to go get Taysom Hill. Um, and, and he was super huge off the waiver wire this week. But I'm just saying, if he's a tight end, you have to view it from tight end volume, right? Like, let's say I told you your tight end was going to get. I don't know, six to seven touches, six to eight touches a game. I think you'd be really happy with that, right? And that's the kind of volume I think that Taysom Hill, uh, even though he doesn't play a lot of snaps, it's like when he gets in there, my God, he's touching the football. You know what I'm saying? So if you could tell me a tight end in fantasy football is going to get anywhere between five to eight touches, I'd sign up for that every single damn time. And then you're adding in the athleticism and the versatility that, that Taysom brings to the table. It's like, man, that's not bad. Oh, by the way, all you want from your tight end are touchdowns. My boy Taysom Hill is getting all kinds of red zone looks. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know, man. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. He might fall flat on his face and be an absolute non-factor in fantasy this year, but I don't know. I'm intrigued, man. Um, And again, I really trust in this coaching staff too because it really seems like there's been no drop-off at all from Sean Payton to to what we got with Carmichael. So I I don't know, man. I'm really intrigued, and I I think this is uh, an interesting team uh, moving forward. 